0: We open the Word of God together to Luke chapter 2. We will read verses 1 through 20. And the passage that we will focus on is verses 10 and 11. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. We are going to reflect for a short while this morning on verses 10 and 11. From the stable on the outskirts of Bethlehem, to the surrounding countryside, out from the cattle stall into the crisp open air of the sheepfold under the starry skies, there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. As this scripture sets before us, the Good Shepherd was long abiding, faithful. The Good Shepherd has ever been keeping His watch through the lengthy night of the marching ages. And now, to these humble and unexpecting shepherds, In the countryside of Bethlehem Ephrata, The faithfulness of the good shepherd will be made manifest and proven in the long awaited promise fulfilled. In our text we move from the scene of the greatest wonder. The birth of Christ. God in the flesh swaddled in humility to the first announcement of that great wonder. And lo... The angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. But quickly that fear was dispelled by the words spoken by the emissary of God. And the people that sat in darkness saw great light. Greater than that visible light that radiated from the angel was the spiritual light that the tidings of the messenger infused into the hearts of those humble, believing shepherds. A light to lighten the Gentiles, the glory of Israel, the good news. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. The daybreak after millennia of spiritual darkness. The coming of the fulfilled promise after ages of waiting. The good tidings of Christmas. The birth of the Savior. The gospel of great joy. We're going to look at those good tidings this morning. Briefly focusing our attention on those opening words of... The heavenly messengers, good tidings of great joy. That's what the angels brought to the shepherds, and that's what the gospel is to us, and that's what the word of God brings to us yet today and this morning now. Good tidings of great joy for our comfort. That's our theme, good tidings of great joy. First, we'll look at good tidings. Secondly, great joy. Finally, No fear. Good tidings of great joy. Good tidings, great joy. No fear. This was the word from heaven on Christmas. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Good tidings. That is good news. A good word that lifts the heart. A good report. Something that then as well as now seems to be in such short supply in our dark world under the heavy hanging shadow of death. Bad news abounds. Troubling things seem Endless in supply. Words of woe come one after another. Reports of evil seem to be without end. But the gospel comes and the word of God announces good tidings. That's what this heavenly herald declares. That's what the Bible says to us today. Good tidings. That dissolve troubles. And banish shadows. And put down the words of woe. And cause the reports of evil to fade. Good tidings I bring, the angel says. And that expression here in the text, bring good tidings, is one word in the original language of the gospel here. And it's that one word in the Bible that from here on out is going to mean preach the gospel. It's one word from which we get our word evangelize. To proclaim the evangel, the good news, good tidings. Tidings are only as good as their content is good. And what content there is to these good tidings announced by the angel. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. As you follow the words of that opening sentence of the angel's announcement, you see how each word builds upon the one before it, arriving at that great climax. Christ the Lord! Unto you, the angel starts. What mercy of God in that? It's the message to every believer here this morning. God starts there in his compassion, knowing our fears, knowing our troubles, knowing our battle against sin, knowing our need for a Savior. He says to us, believing people of God, Unto you, unto you, this concerns you. This is good news, not just for others, not just for someone out there, but this is good news that is intimately concerned with you. It is good news for you. Unto you is born this day today now and for us today born then but with lasting indeed everlasting benefit now till forevermore is born unto you a child certainly a joyous thing worthy of celebration but this birth warrants Much more, this birth warrants the announcement from a heavenly herald. This day in the city of David. Now, right here in the city of David, the fulfillment of God's promise. In the humble hometown of King David. No ordinary child. Indeed, no. A child who is Christ. The Lord. You imagine the shepherds. As their minds took in the meaning of the angels' words. What wonder and joy was awakened in their hearts by those words. Yet unknown to the shepherds at this point is the miracle that had taken place just that night in Bethlehem. Joseph and Mary had been brought to Bethlehem from Nazareth. By God's hand. Working through Caesar's decree. God brought them to Bethlehem and God arranged it sovereignly such that there be no room for them in the crowded inn. That the only available resting place would be a cattle stall. And it is there that the miracle of miracles takes place. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. Who is the firstborn of every creature. The only begotten of the Father. The eternal word. Made flesh. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. Laid down and cradled in a manger. Good tidings for unto you this child is born. This son is given. Who is the Savior Christ the Lord. You see those last words. The climax of the opening line of the Gospel announcement, those last words, contain all of the goodness of this news, a Savior, or better translated, the Savior, literally born to you today. Savior! That's who this child is. That's who he is. The Savior who is Christ the Lord. And if there's any word in all of our human language that we most need to hear, it's that word. Savior. For it is one most beautiful word that answers our deepest need. A Savior. In this one word, all that is good is captured and brought together. In this one word, there is the expression of the whole heart of God towards His people. This, indeed, you might say, is the most beautiful word in all of our human language. Savior. One word, which is the only proper name of one, who is Jesus. The Savior who is born. That's who He is. That's who came. That's why we celebrate. That's why we worship this day. Savior. Savior isn't just a helper who lends you a hand. Helpers are helpful. But we need more than a helper. savior is a rescuer. Not a helper who lends a hand. But a rescuer who saves your life. A rescuer is someone who brings you to safety when you are helpless and powerless. When you are lost, when you are broken, when you are sick, when you are dying. A rescuer lifts the helpless. A rescuer uses his power to rescue the powerless. A rescuer finds and recovers the lost. A rescuer mends the broken, cures the sick, raises the dead. And a rescuer rescues by hazarding his own life for another who can't save his own. The rescuer is the one who goes into the water to pull out the drowning man. The rescuer is the one who goes into the burning building to make a way of escape for the trapped. The rescuer selflessly gives himself to save from the destruction that is looming. And to bring to safety. That's who this child is. He is our rescuer. And what kind of rescuer he is. The whole word of God tells us. Go to the angel's words. To joseph in matthew one twenty one thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save, for he shall rescue his people from their sins. How much is packed into those words from their sins, all of their sins, every dimension of their sins. All of the misery and the woe that their sins entail. From the wages of sin, which is death. From the eternal consequence of sin, which is eternal death. This is the Savior that we truly need. No Savior other than this is really a Savior. The only Savior is the Savior from sin. Who gets to the root of all of our misery. And rescues us from drowning in perdition. Rescues us from the fiery, burning building that we would otherwise perish in beneath the wrath of a just God. Good, good tidings of the coming of the Rescuer. But this Rescuer... Not only saves us from the bad things, he gives us the good things, indeed the best things. And that's an essential part of salvation. Don't think of salvation purely in the negative, what we are saved from. But think of it in the positive, what we are saved unto. The rescuer takes you out of danger, out of peril, out of certain death. And brings you to safety, brings you to security, brings you home. And that's what this rescuer does whose name is Jesus and whose name is Emmanuel. Rescuing us from the exile imposed upon ourselves through our sin. Rescuing us from judgment. Rescuing us from the consequences of sin. And bringing us back to the God Who fashioned us for his glory. Back into his fellowship. He not only cleanses us from sin. He clothes us in righteousness. He brings not only freedom from the devil and his power. But gives us the power to become sons and daughters of God. He not only clears our guilt. But gives us the inward healing and renewal that we so desperately need. From the tents of sin. To the house of the Lord. This rescuer brings us the rescuer, the Saviour who is Christ, the Lord. those three names that you have here in our text it's the whole gospel: the Saviour who is Christ, the Lord, Jehovah's salvation. Accomplished by the anointed who is called by God the Father and sent to be the mediator of the covenant. Our prophet, priest, and king who carries out that work perfectly. And does so with the sovereign power and authority of the Lord to accomplish Jehovah's salvation. The Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's born. He's come to do that work unto you, for you, good, good tidings. And thus the angel says that these good tidings are tidings of great joy. How could they be anything else? What could bring greater joy than this news? These good tidings. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And the idea of the text is that these good tidings create great joy. The effect of hearing these good tidings with the hearing ear of faith is the blossoming of true joy in the believing heart. This good news produces joy, indeed the greatest conceivable joy, that true inner gladness that sets the soul on high, that lifts you up as a person and sets you above whatever troubles and trials you may be wrestling with, true gladness, true joy, great joy. That word great in the text not only emphasizes the quantity of this joy. Indeed, that's part of it. The joy of these good tidings. The joy that these good tidings work in the heart. Is a joy that is greatest in quantity. That is fullest joy. But also quality. This is the highest joy. The finest joy. The most Joyous joy. We all know the joy that is experienced when we receive a wonderful gift. Behind that gift is the love of the giver. The thought of the giver. And now among us when we receive an earthly gift. While the actual gift itself might be much appreciated and something valuable to us. Often it is the thought that means even more. The love that the giver expresses through the gift that is given. Well here we have the good tidings of the greatest gift from the greatest giver. We have the gift of supreme, indeed incalculable, value. The unspeakable gift of God's own Son. The giving of which receive, or displays the unspeakable depths of the gracious heart of the giving God. This is a gift which causes joy to spring in the heart of the child of God. A free gift, unearned, of which I'm not worthy, but which comes to me out of the grace and the mercy of my God. The gift of the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. It is a gift. That creates in the heart the highest joy. Because this gift is the highest and the greatest good. It is a joy that abides. It is the joy of the rescued. The joy of the redeemed. The joy of the one who knows he belongs to a God. Whose favorable countenance is ever Upon him. It is the joy of knowing that every jot and tittle of the law has been fulfilled for me by the Savior who came to rescue me. It is the joy of knowing that every jot and tittle of the handwriting that was against me has been removed by the Savior who came and died for me. And thus all curse is removed from me, and every blessing abides upon me. It's the joy, the singular joy, of Christ the Lord. It's the joy that cannot come from anywhere else. It's the joy that cannot spring from below. It's a joy that this world can never manufacture. And every attempt of the world to make a joy like this, it's only counterfeit. It's only fake and it never satisfies. This is the joy that only comes when God reaches down. When God comes to walk among us and rescue us. And prepare a place for us. And then bring us to that place he has prepared for us. It is a joy that it can only be fashioned. Through the incarnation of the Son of God. A joy that is forged in the fires of His suffering. So that it is strong and gleams like purest gold. It is a joy that because of its divine making. Because of its substance. Is stronger than anything. Stronger than the strongest metal. Unyielding in the face of evil. It is the joy that is the beginning of eternal life. It is the joy that is a portion of heaven here on earth. It is the joy that is ultimately unspeakable. That is words fail to describe it or express it. Just as word, words fail to describe and to express. That unspeakable gift of Christ which is the source of this joy. What great joy! That's the joy announced by the angel that Christmas morning. And beloved, the words of these good tidings spoken to the shepherds in the countryside of Judea Are words, good tidings that resound throughout the centuries, throughout the ages to us today. They have been inscribed upon the pages of Holy Scripture by the intention of God our Father. By the agency of the Holy Spirit so that these words might come to us with the same power. The same fullness as they did to the shepherds that day. That these words might foster And cultivate in our hearts that same joy as these words bring to our minds. The reality of God's fulfilled promise. The reality of who Jesus is. That we have the Savior who is Christ the Lord. Behold. God's word proclaims good tidings of great joy to you this morning. Jehovah's salvation is accomplished. That Savior born in Bethlehem went from Bethlehem to Calvary. For you and for me. He came into this world and was wrapped in swaddling clothes. With a view to the grave clothes. That one day he would wear for you. He was laid in a manger. As a sign. Pointing. To the sepulcher. He would lay in. For you. There was no room for him in the inn. He was rejected and despised. Bearing reproach. Bearing your sin. Suffering even the rejection of his father. So that there would be room for you. In the kingdom of heaven. And in the father's house. The world would not receive him. But the grave would not be able to keep him. He was born to die and to rise again. To go from the sepulcher to God's right hand. To lift us Up a people who otherwise would pass through the sepulcher into the abyss. From the rags of his poverty and his humiliation. He goes to the glory of his exaltation, To the throne of his father. That we might join him there. He has not shed his humanity. But he remains our Emmanuel. God. With us. He's renewing you by His Spirit. He's gone to prepare a place for you. The kingdom He has established is coming in its fullness. The increase of His government and peace shall have no end. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. All of the other tidings. Though there's so many of them, so much bad news, all the wars, all the rumors of war, all of the pestilences that stalk in the darkness of this world, all of the evil reports, they fade away as the light of the gospel shines in our hearts. We are people who no longer walk in darkness, for we have seen the great light, nor do we dwell in the shadow of death, for upon us has the light shined. This is your joy. Purest joy. Indestructible joy. No, it's not a joy that makes all of the sorrows and the pains disappear into thin air. It doesn't. Those things are real. Those things are pressing. Those things hurt. But it is a joy that gets you through them. It is a joy that makes you mount up with wings like an eagle and soar over them. Even when it does not at all feel like you are soaring. This is the real, the real Christmas cheer. Like the shepherds, let this real Christmas joy lead us to Him today. So that again, with renewed awe, we bend the knee and we worship, thanks be to God, for His unspeakable, His unspeakable gift. The Savior who is Christ the Lord. Good tidings. Good tidings, the content of which brings us great, great joy. And which banishes fear. No more fear. Even as we carry on in this life, in this dark world, full of evil things, full of evil tidings, no fear. The Savior has come, the Rescuer rescued me. When the angel first appeared to the shepherds, they were sore afraid, as verse 9 says. Sore afraid, meaning terrified. Utterly scared out of their wits. Not only was the appearance of such a brilliant heavenly emissary, suddenly in the dark of night, itself an utterly frightening thing, but upon realization that it was an angel of God, an even greater fear set in. The shepherds tremble. They tremble not merely because they are mortals, but they tremble especially because they are sinners. And nothing awakes a sense of one's sinfulness and unworthiness like standing before the presence of the glory of God. Even if it is but a single ray of that glory of God. When this angel appeared, the shepherds did not first think that this heavenly messenger was coming to bear them or to bring them good tidings. Their first instinct was to surmise that the angel had come as a messenger of judgment and vengeance. And who wouldn't think that way? Who wouldn't be afraid? As the history recounts, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. The radiance of God's infinite perfections reflected from that angel like light reflected from a mirror. Something of the brilliance of the Holy One displayed itself in that angel. If Moses' face shined after his meeting with God... In the mountains so much so that he had to veil his face in the presence of the Israelites. How much more the glory of the Lord must have shone round about these shepherds. As they stood in the presence of this, hem- this heavenly emissary. Who had stood in the very presence of God. Just being in the presence of this messenger from on high. Awakened in the shepherds a potent sense of their sinfulness and unworthiness. And fear, dread surged within them. And this this is fitting preparation of their hearts for the hearing of the good tidings of great joy that the angel was to announce. Good tidings that impart joy. Joy that conquers sorrow. And joy that conquers fear. And isn't that beautiful? If there are two powerful emotions that seem to prevail in our world. So often seem to dominate our lives. Two things that are so painful for us. Is it not sorrow and fear? Sorrow and fear? these good tidings lift us up above them both. Good tidings of great joy that conquers sorrow and overcomes fear. Not an emissary of vengeance, but a messenger of peace. Not A messenger of judgment. But a messenger come to announce salvation. The birth of the Savior. That's the word the angel speaks. Fear not. Fear not. Christ the Lord is born. A Savior who comes lowly and meek. To save poor sinners from their sins. Poor sinners as those shepherds. Poor sinners such as we are. Fear not. The good tidings of Christmas. Calm our fears. They do. The good tidings don't make all fear disappear into thin air. Just like they don't make all sorrow Just disappear into thin air. But the good tidings steady the trembling heart. The good tidings put a solid rock beneath our feet again. The good tidings lift us above the raging sea of our anxieties. The good tidings banish the ultimate fear. The ultimate fear of the eternal death that would otherwise befall the poor sinner. The greatest fear of what awaits because of my sins. The good tidings tell us the storm of wrath is past. It is spent. It is spent upon the Christ who was born to die upon the cross. Who did. Who bore that wrath. And endured that punishment. And delivered His people from it. So that the greatest storm is silenced. And if that one is silenced, so are all the others. Rather, all things must only serve the accomplishment of God's good purpose for us. Fear not. Hear the good tidings that calm fear. Make those inspired words that Zacharias sang as he looked ahead to the birth of Christ Make those words your own through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the dayspring from on high hath visited us to guide our feet in the paths of peace. The tidings of great joy leave no room for fear. And so, beloved, as we hear these good tidings of great joy, and as they resound through the centuries, To us again this morning, turn your eyes to the Christ who was born for you, who died for you. Fear not. Let not fear of anything rule over you. But let those fears melt in the warm light of the good gospel news. For the gospel of Christ declares that all that would harm, hurt, and destroy is defeated. We are more than conquerors, indeed joyful conquerors through Him that loved us. The Great joy that is ours in Christ is far greater than our greatest fears. Fear has no right to hold captive the heart that is captivated by the joy of Christ. Nor does sorrow have that power either. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to you, God's people. Amen. Heavenly Father, take Thy Word announced through the angel so long ago and cause that Word to penetrate into the depths of our hearts. We are a people with many sorrows and many fears. Thou art the God who has given us the greatest gift. Thou hast given us the best news. The good tidings of the Savior who is Christ the Lord. Grant that by faith we may receive this word. And that this word may be a power. A power unlike any human power. But a power of Thee, the one true and living God, to calm our fears and comfort us in our sorrows. And even in the midst of all these things, to make us mount up with wings as eagles. And by faith to soar in the joy of our Savior. Grant us each this morning the true Christmas cheer. Christ the Savior. Amen.